We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, which is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KCSN. It's the headlines, rumors, stories, and stats people are talking about to get you through the day and caught up with all things Chiefs. Different guests each week with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, proudly presented by DraftKings, begins now. What's up, everybody? I'm BJ Kissel. This is KCSN Update, our daily Chief show and podcast here at KC Sports Network. Thanks for hanging out. Did you know that under Andy Reid, the Chiefs have now qualified for the playoffs nine times in his 10 seasons? They've also got at least 10 or more wins in nine of those 10 seasons as well. They've also won six straight over the Jags, their opponent on Saturday. Only one of those six games was was within one possession. but. The Jags have won seven of their last eight games since losing to the Chiefs back in week 10, playing much better football, propelling them through that amazing comeback win over the Chargers last week that we've been talking about over the last several days. But we got plenty more nuggets just like that along the way. And Nate Taylor from The Athletic will be joining me here in just a few minutes for our weekly conversation and our five burning questions that we have done every Tuesday here on KCS and Update. And we'll break down the Chiefs Jags on Saturday in the AFC Divisional Round of the Playoffs. But first, a quick word from our partner, DraftKings. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Chiefs are eight and a half point favorites on Saturday with an over under of 51 and a half. Bills, they're four and a half point favorites over the Bengals. Cowboys, two and a half point favorites. Eagles, seven point favorites. I like the Chiefs and the over. It's pretty much my go-to anyway. I always like taking the over and I'm always uh, generally going to bet the Chiefs unless I'm hedging my emotions. But last time these teams play, the Chiefs racked up nearly 500 yards of total offense, over 150 on the ground. Patrick Mahomes didn't struggle. The Chiefs did turn the ball over three times and still managed to win by 10 points and put up over almost 500 yards. Plus they're getting McCole Hardman back. I think the Chiefs offense rolls on Saturday. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code KCSN. Again, new customers can bet $5 on the NFL Divisional Round and get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, now it is time to welcome on Nate Taylor from The Athletic. Nate, I don't know how you felt about wildcard weekend. I did not have high hopes for there being good football games. I thought we were going to see a uh, few th- third string quarterbacks as much as it hurts my heart as a K-Stater. I did not think that mm. these games were going to be close and it turned out to be a pretty good stretch of yeah. football there in wildcard weekend, particularly with the AFC AFC games. Exactly. Um, and I thought I had given the worst prediction of the entire year, BJ. I, I thought <laughs> I had told everybody, Hey, don't, you know, I know we're as Chiefs fans and the audience. I know they're probably more familiar with the chargers, but Hey, you know, that, that Jacksonville squad, they getting better. And then at twenty-seven, nothing. I said, I can't believe that. Like, <laughs> I can't believe this is this is the worst 
uh, prediction I've ever had about a, about a playoff game uh, going into it and then watching the comeback. Um, it was both thrilling and just made me utterly dumbfounded. Um, so that was a great kickoff considering that, look, Brock Purdy did well. Um, mm-hmm. But, hey, I you know, they're at home. They're the better team. Right. Uh, that was evident in the second half. And then, you know, I was really – I felt really bad for Skylar Thompson because mm-hmm. he was throwing dimes, BJ. Like he had the plays and the willingness to to, to be daring, um, which is what you need, you know, in the playoffs uh, when the competition is just so high. Um, and look, I thought Josh Allen let sort of the Dolphins hang around with some turnovers, yeah. with some, hey, uh, you know, trying to do too much with the football. Um, it was it was a really fun weekend, except for. Last night, obviously, we're recording this on Tuesday right. morning. Um, it is wild that it's like I wanted to turn my TV off on Saturday night because I'm just like, look, man, it's 27 nothing. I don't want to put my wife through this. We don't. We don't need to do this. And then little by little, it's just like, wow, okay, Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson, like you know, ton of credit to someone like Josh Allen who plays for the Jaguars. They're they're um, elite pass rusher and then last night to be like man i know it's tom brady but come on like they can't block michael parsons and like i i know this and so i i turned away early in the fourth quarter i was just like yeah it's been a it's been a it's been a it's been an odd season for the buccaneers and i'm glad it's over i'm glad for tom brady mike evans and everybody that that season that season had to be extinguished yesterday yeah, it was pretty tough to watch. Um, you don't know what's going to be the future with Tom Brady and, and mm-hmm. these Chiefs fans and myself personally. I've got a mixed emotions um, on <laughs> watching that because part of me is like, yeah, and part of me wants him to ha- like Patrick Mahomes have another shot at them. I wanted him to go on. I wanted Patrick Mahomes to beat mm-hmm. him. So, and I've t- said this before. So, in 15 years, when we're having the argument over who the greatest quarterback is, I would say the guy broke every record there is and won X number of Super Bowls. And they're be like, well, he never beat Tom Brady when it mattered. Like, well, that's why I was so angry when they lost a couple years ago. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna like, selfishly yeah. in 15 years, I got nothing to respond with in that conversation with some no. random dude at a bar somewhere. Now the, the response the response is, I'm sorry, have you ever seen Tom Brady have the best game in a losing in a losing outcome? Uh because sometimes I go back and forth, BJ, and I say that's the best game he's ever played based on the yeah. circumstances, on the idea that it's, you know, set hike, immediate pressure, and we're down. So I have to throw the ball all the time. And he only yeah. got sacked three times in that game. You know, Josh Allen with a more intact offensive line. It's not fully intact, but a more intact yeah. one than obviously the makeshift offensive line that Chiefs had in Super Bowl 55. He got sacked seven times. And that was a squad that didn't feature nearly the talent of pass rushers that Tampa Bay had that year. Um, and then BJ, all I have to say is, look, man, he was parallel to the ground and threw an absolute dive yeah. that was dropped by Daryl Williams. We don't need to include the second part of how the play ended, but I mean, he was <laughs> parallel can... to the ground and threw a dime, threw, threw yeah. a perfect ball 30 yards away while parallel to the ground. This is, man, I've never thought about this take till right now, but I would put up Patrick Mahomes' career highlight video up against any quarterback in NFL history already mm-hmm. with what we've seen with some of the crazy plays that he's had that we mm-hmm. forget about a lot of them. I still think the best throw that I've ever seen from Patrick Mahomes was his rookie year in the preseason against the Titans. <laughs> yes. People... To Demarcus Robinson, yes. that Marcus Peters loses it on the sideline. I think Kevin Dodd actually got hurt on the play uh, for the Titans. Mm-hmm. When he was, it was Patrick Mahomes rolling to the right and just throw back across his body, like a yep. 45, 50 yard dime. <laughs> And we were all just like, oh, what a lucky throw, not realizing you were just giving us a glimpse of what we were about to witness for the next yeah. 20 years. But yeah. that was the one where it was like, okay, this it's not yeah. just a fluke. We got a whole yeah. whole highlight reel full of those. We could do a whole hour-long highlight. We really, we really could. Already. Yeah. <laughs> we really right. could. Let's get oh, let's, I'm gonna, we could sit here and talk about Patrick Mahomes all day, but I'm going to get to the five burning questions uh, before we start talking into these, and I have to figure out new questions on the fly. All right, the <laughs> first one. Nate, what concerns you most going into Saturday's matchup against the Jags? I, I mentioned it off the top of the show. The Jags team the Chiefs faced in Week 10 
versus the team that they're going to face on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Two different teams. They're playing mm-hmm. much better football. They had lost, I think, five of six coming into that matchup against the yep. Chiefs. They've won seven of eight. I've got a take that I shared with Matt Miller yesterday on KCSN Update that I'll I wait. Heard. Oh, okay. heard. I heard. <laughs> okay. Don't worry. I heard. There's, But what concerns you most about the Jaguars going into this matchup? Uh, two things. One is the amazing stat, the absolutely jaw-dropping stat that Trevor Lawrence has never lost on a Saturday. And mm. just to remind everybody, games on a Saturday, y'all. Oh, uh, so just keep why that in mind. Why even play at this uh, point? I mean, why? I mean, I mean hey, look, just look, hand look. him the trophy. Now, now, I understand people <laughs> can say, "Well, the odds are the Chiefs' favorite because he can't do it forever." But ask the Chargers. The the but the oddest thing that that makes me most concerned is, um. Doug Peterson demonstrated in the second half that they're not going to go away quietly. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is if I'm, if I'm Steve Spagnolo, I walk into today's team meeting or yesterday's team meeting. I think the team meeting was actually Monday. Cause obviously you got to move everything up with the game being played on Saturday. I walk in and I say, get ready to play four downs every possession. I don't care what yeah. time it is in the game. I don't care the down and distance. I don't care the situation. If we get a lead, they are not going to go away quietly. This is not a Broncos team that's going to try some new stuff. But if it's fourth and nine, they're going to punt. You know, this is not a team like the Chargers who is somewhat risk averse this year. I think partly because they trusted their defense better this year than last year. And hey, that is a defensive minded head coach. Doug Peterson is offensive minded and he just proved to his players, we're going to go for it. We're going to go for it, even when we're down 27 to nothing. I'm going to make adjustments. I'm going to put you in a chance to succeed. We're going to build momentum, and we're not going to stop. So if I'm the Chiefs defense, I think you have to be ready to play four downs pretty much on any situation because he kind of proved it in the first matchup, BJ. Oh, y'all want to take the coin toss? Cool. (laughs) We've been waiting to do this all season, and it was a (laughs) – Onside kick that the Chiefs really didn't see coming because it's a week, what, 10, week 11 game. It's just another game in a long season. Um, But he proved to you that day and he proved on Saturday, hey, all right, you want to stay in this personnel group? You want to be in this formation? Great. All right, we're going to call a timeout. I'm going to run even a better play. Um, It's going to end your season. So if he's in that opportunity, if he has that chance with Trevor Lawrence, Give a lot of credit to Zay Jones, Christian Kurt, obviously mm-hmm. Travis Etienne. Like, they got enough guys to where, hey, if you give them four downs to get 10 yards, um, they have a chance to make this game very, very interesting in the fourth quarter. I think looking at that first matchup, besides the fact the Chiefs had three turnovers and they had the onside kick, the charge, the Jags were gifted four extra possessions just on those four plays and still lost by two possessions in this Correct. game. But my take coming out of watching the Jags and the Chargers, and not to take anything, I'm not saying he wasn't good, but Trevor Lawrence, I felt like the most impressive aspect of the comeback and everything they did wasn't Trevor Lawrence escaping the pocket and throwing on the run and making all these crazy plays. He simply got the ball into the hands of Christian Kirk. Travis Etienne in the running game did really well. I thought they did a good job continuing to run the football, even though that they were losing. Uh, mm-hmm. picking up chunks of yards but Evan Ingram's catch and run like the 49 yard after the like I yeah. was immediately googled Evan Ingram contract situation like how many years that dude just <laughs> ran away from defensive back and made some money and he's on a one-year nine million dollar deal for anybody who watched that game because that was impressive mm-hmm. and there's not an offensive coordinator or passing game um, analyst anybody that couldn't watch that play or watch that game and not walk away with all kinds of cool things you could do with a player like Evan Ingram. Uh, so curious to see what he's going to get in the offseason. But yeah, to your point, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, Travis Etienne, it was the playmakers around Trevor Lawrence that I thought were significantly more impressive. Mm. I and I could be wrong. I'm not I'm not Jeff Schwartz, Mitch Schwartz breaking down offensive line play and stuff like this. But what I can tell you is I saw more free rushers coming from the Chargers than you normally see in an NFL game. And I don't know if that's Trevor Lawrence not setting protections correctly, miscommunication up front with the offensive line, wherever Mm. that disconnect is, there are just a handful of things. You don't see it with Patrick Mahomes. You don't see it 
with Josh Allen and some of these guys and just combining that with the fact that under pressure, Trevor Lawrence is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Everybody's worse under pressure, but he is like his PFF grade is like 29. Mm. If you can just get a little bit of pressure on him, he gets the ball out quick. It's like third fastest to attempt. So he likes to get the ball out faster. If you take away that first read and he has to hold on to the ball, it's not good for him. And so yeah. those things combined where he just wants to get the ball to his playmakers, all that stuff, Steve Spagnuolo being so creative and so different thing, free rushers, negative plays. I just don't see that kind of um, those kinds of mistakes and those issues that he has not being completely magnified at Arrowhead in that environment, knowing that he's looking across the way against Patrick Mahomes and they've got to steal possessions any way they can. Right. I just think it's a bad mix for a young quarterback and the issues that he's shown that he can get through. He can develop past those. But if you're not good with pressure around you and all the free rushers, at least just from watching that I saw, it's like Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive quality control guys, like they're writing those looks down yep. and they're going to get some free looks and that could lead to some negative plays and they, they need as many possessions as possible. Yeah, and don't uh, – you know, uh, I'm sure they've learned this lesson, but Jacksonville doesn't need to start slow this Saturday. <laughs> um, you know, uh, it's – it's one thing when the offense realizes they can't run the ball, they don't have their best receiver, which really is Mike Williams. It's just unfortunate, right. but that's the truth right now in this season or you know this past season for them. Um, Keenan Allen can still be effective in the scheme if you scheme it up a certain way, um, yeah. but he doesn't have the same ability he used to have in yards after the catch. And so one of the big issues that I feel like wasn't exploited um, really in the second half from the Chargers was – Yards after catch, getting the ball to playmakers in space or in one-on-one situations on the perimeter. That was something that uh, the Chiefs really exploited the, you know, excuse me, the Jaguars in the first matchup. It's, hey, getting Kadarius Tony looks in yeah. the in the flats. Um, it's finding ways for Marquez Valdez-Scanlon to run free in zones, you know, when his speed is obviously needs to be taken into account. And then, of course, you know, for everything the Chargers have, they, they just don't have Travis Kelsey. And so he doesn't – they don't have – they don't have an easy release in the middle of the field the way Patrick Mahomes will have, we assume, on Saturday. So um, speed is what has been one of the kryptonites to the Jaguars' defense this season and then forcing them to rally and tackle. Because of the things you said, BJ, um, they really got to pin their ears back and just go – just really go for it. And I give them all the credit because they made all the necessary plays on defense to, to get that done. Um, but when the Chargers missed the field goal early in the fourth quarter, you could feel everything sort of swing. Cause it's like, that's probably the best set of plays that the Chargers have left based on their talent and based on just their quarterback sort of under duress. Um, yeah. I wonder if the Jaguars realize um, they need to, they need to be ultra aggressive from, from, from start to finish. And, and if you lose yeah. by 17, I will still give you a ton of credit and a ton of respect because that is what's yeah. required. Because, you know, as you said earlier, BJ, they, yeah, legitimately stole four possessions where the Chiefs did not score, and yet they still lost by 10. So there's no reason why you shouldn't be ultra-aggressive, in my opinion, um, knowing that the matchup doesn't favor you, knowing that you're not the home team, um, and knowing that, like, this is a rested Chiefs team that is really healthy compared to everybody else in the AFC. It's funny that both teams could, I don't want to say the Chiefs prefer, this is tongue-in-cheek, obviously, for anybody listening or watching, but uh, both teams might just rather you know spot the other team 10 points. <laughs> Seems like the Chiefs always kind of play down. They always give the other team a little bit of lead, and then what we saw from the Jaguars. And to your point, you've got to give a ton of credit uh, to the Jaguars to get to this point. I don't, it's not a, they're just happy to be here at this point, although mm-hmm. that part of that kind of comes into my mind. It's a team that was 3-14 and 14 last year. And now they're in the AFC divisional round. They beat the Chargers. They are ahead of schedule uh, for what, at least from the outside and reading about what they all had to deal with, with Urban Meyer for Trevor Mm -hmm. Lawrence being a young quarterback and what kind of mess that must have been for the way that everyone talks about what that experience (laughs) was like. And just kind of like, we all forget about that (sighs) one here with Urban Meyer. But uh, shout out to Doug Peterson, not uh, completely surprised that he's been able to turn it around. Uh, with the success that he's had. I think people in Kansas City know that, especially his coaching mm-hmm. staff uh, knows that. But 
Um, we're going to get to more on uh, what we can take away from the last matchup. I'm going to ask Nate Taylor about Andre Cisco and what we might see from that scenario from the last time these guys played right after this. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right. Welcome back to KCS and Update. I'm BJ Kissel hanging out with the athletics Nate Taylor. Nate, second burning question I've got for you. How much can we all take away from that week 10 win that the chiefs had 27, 17. We talked about it briefly, but Mm -hmm. what kinds of things can you take away either as a fan going into watching this game, mentally preparing for it, or even the players or coaches? So a couple things, I'm going to say actually three, uh, the chiefs offensive line, uh, really, really matters moving forward. You know, this is why, analysts reporters like me felt like they have one of the best offensive lines in the league. They are all healthy. They were all given a week off. Now's the time to prove if Patrick Mahomes has time, you can go down the field on Jacksonville. Um, Their defense is solid. I wouldn't call it, you know, great at this point. They are, as you said earlier, still learning. They've made so much progress, but I think for Patrick Mahomes to take a couple deep shots in this game, particularly early, right? If they get near midfield, use that offensive line, use those two tight end sets to take some shots downfield, Um, which leads me to my next point, which is speed is the issue. The Chargers have no speed, guys. It's it's amazing watching that offense, knowing that Justin Herbert has to raise the floor so much. Um, And there's only so much a quarterback can do because it's an ultimate team sport. But go ahead. Probably the reason that just breaking news earlier as we were recording that Joe Lombardi, their offensive coordinator and their passing game coordinator, Shane Day, were both let go. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming some information is going to come out that they were the ones that put Mike Williams on the field, that they become the fall guys for what ends up happening when your top best offensive weapon is not available in the playoffs because you want yeah. him playing in a game and a time that didn't matter. And Mike Williams wins one on one matchups. I mean, look, we, we, you know, one of the best highlights from Kadarius Tony this season is him elevating over two, two defenders. And Mike Williams could do that um, for the Chargers as well. But speed and misdirection is the thing that has bothered the chart, or excuse me, that's bothered the Jaguars for much of this season. <laughs> misdirection, jet sweeps, end arounds, um, you know, rolling the pocket one direction to throw across the field. We've seen Mahomes do that mm. several times um, in, in mm. pretty significant games. You can, you can really set the Jaguars for something to then go somewhere else with the ball. Um, so I think that's the two things that the offense can really exploit that maybe the Chargers could not at a high level. And lastly, this might be the last time we get to say it, guys. I think it will be the last time we get to say it, that Chris Jones does not have a sack in the postseason, but this matchup is squarely in favor of Chris Jones. The Chargers did a really nice job of simulating pressure and obviously disguising things for 
Trevor Lawrence to sort of work through post-snap. You ain't got to do that a ton if Chris Jones is just winning up front. And in the first matchup, he was absolutely dominant, and it led to one-on-one opportunities for guys like Carlos Dunlap, for Colin Saunders. And now we know that, to your credit, even though he was a little bit later than we all anticipated, George Karloftis is, is a real player now. He is a I am starting level player. Sacks. I am counting playoff sacks to his attempt. <laughs> to his rookie year, to, yes. To, to tie, <laughs> I'll say to tie Derek John or Derek, Derek Thomas. Derek Thomas, yeah, yeah. He needs four sacks in three games. This man or he can just do it on Saturday. I mean, this man will be an international star if he gets four sacks in this postseason run. But you do know that that's what it's going to be, right? That yeah. The the Jaguars are going to say, like, we have to beat Chris Jones. And Chris Jones just might beat him anyway because he's just the better interior player compared to what the Jaguars present at the guard position and at center. So yeah. I think there's going to be a couple times where Chris Jones, if you know it's a passing situation, if it's third and eight or hell, if it's fourth and five, you know, which I anticipate Doug Peterson will probably go for it. This is These are the plays where Chris Jones brings his best moves, the quick hands, the explosion, you know, the explosiveness coming off the off the snap. I think I think this will be the game where Chris Jones finally gets a postseason sack, and it'll be deservedly so because um, he has a huge advantage in this matchup, which is differently yeah. than if they would play the Bills or the Bengals. You know, if the Chiefs were to move on uh, after Saturday's game. And there's a lot you could do with formations to to put him in those one on one situations, and that's the beauty of being an interior guy. Is like you can yep. walk. Nick Bolton, you can walk Willie Gay up or Leo Chanel, one of those guys, and line them up in an A gap or B gap, and, yep. and you could dictate what the matchups are going to look like, and they have to be one on one, so everybody's accounted for. And so there's different ways that they can free Chris Jones up. I'm gonna have to figure out my fourth burning question since you kind of just talked through it with Chris Jones, but don't worry, <laughs> we'll ch- we're just on the fly. We've done this before. <laughs> yeah, we've done this before. <laughs> A huge thing. All right, let's move on to the third question, and this is one that. Um, I didn't when the matchup first popped up. Didn't I? Didn't not remember, but it wasn't one of the first things I thought about until uh, mm. Matt Miller actually mentioned it. And that's Andre Cisco. At the last time these two teams met, one of the bigger storylines coming out of that game was the Jag safety and some of the shots that he took towards Juju Smith Schuster um, on one, and then Marquez Valdez Scantling just a few plays later on the same drive, mm-hmm. um, kind of head hunting a little bit, cheap shots, whatever you want to call it. Chiefs fans obviously felt a very strong certain way about it. What kind of aftermath from that do you see coming? Do you first time his name called? Do you think you're going to hear audible boos? Do you think cheese fans are going to be that engaged with that storyline from last time they played that you notice the first time something happens? Cause I know from a player's schematic standpoint, they may attack him or do something to confuse. Mm -hmm. Like there could be some stuff there, but that won't necessarily be as, as noticeable in the moment uh, to us when we're watching as you know hearing the crowd booing you know the first time he makes a play or something yeah i think fans are um i think they're obviously invested and i'm sure they remember that play because um it really impacted juju smith schuster season he would be a thousand yard receiver if not for that injury if not for being in the league's concussion protocol and then missing uh the previous week and then really having to be eased back into the to the flow of the offense um in december so yeah uh there's going to be a player too where I think Juju will, you know, be in his role in in the zone in the intermediate area. Um, so maybe there is a one on one opportunity where you know Cisco and him are going to have another chance to to duel. Um, what I would ask Cisco to do is just keep your head up, form tackle, do the best you can. There's nothing wrong with being physical and trying to be intimidating. That's the beauty of the position. It's one of the best parts of being a safety. Is you want to come in here, you're going to have to earn it. Now. Uh, it's not the 1970s where you could just clothesline people in slow-mo on NFL films. Uh, but I do want up on a jacked up segment on yes. NFL network. <laughs> yes. If anybody remembers that segment. Uh, yeah. So look, he played particularly well in the second half uh, in Saturday's game. I think he's getting better as a safety um, with still understanding the mindset. If I was to be in the room, I would say let's, let's have like three plays. Let's not be overly aggressive in trying to attack one specific defender, but we do want to have three plays where we sort of pressure his eyes. And what I mean by that is 
do I take MBS here because he's running through my area of the field, whether it's single high or two high, and then there's something to be breaking off of that, or there's a secondary move or, you know, a double move basically. And then I think there's some other plays where we can get him on the perimeter in a jet sweep motion where you think we're going one way, we come back the other way, it's to your area of the field. Hey, it's a one-on-one matchup with you trying to make a tackle in the open field. And then lastly, if it gets to this point in the game, we saw what uh, what Isaiah Pacheco did to the Broncos in a four-minute drive in Denver. We're going to run right at you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we need a first down to, to end the game or to seal victory, um, I'll be very eager to see a rested-up, hard-running Isaiah Pacheco against, you know, Andrew Sisco, who's got to make the tackle. Got Like, it's so funny. We get to the highest heights of this sport, and it really comes down to, hey, can you make the tackle? Can you do it consistently over and over and over again for 60 minutes when you know your season is pretty much on the line? And so it might not be Juju. It might not be MBS. It might come down to, hey, we're running, you know, you know either a zone play or we're just going to get in, you know, semi-modernized I formation under center and line it up and we're coming right at you. You know, we're yeah. like, Trace is going to get to the second level, which means if he takes care of the linebacker, it's me and you. And so um, it's not glamorous. It's not pretty, but it is it is the sport at the highest level in January where you do have to run the football to keep the defense honest. And sometimes breaking that tackle means winning or losing. Yeah. I, I love the fact that it doesn't matter if you're talking about high school football, college football, or NFL, it's like tackle, convert on third down, yeah. don't turn the ball over. Like to me, I think yep. the Chiefs, if the Chiefs win the turnover possession battle in the next three games, I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I think they will play well enough in these games that if they're not giving extra possessions to these other teams, that they will win the Super Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. And you can't convince me otherwise after I understand the, the Bengals, the Bills. It's, it's going to be the most difficult test. I know the Eagles are their own thing, um, or the 49ers, who the 49ers, the Chiefs play. Whew, can the 49ers stay healthy? It's going to be – they have to play four hard games in January or yeah. in, in February. So I'm fascinated to see if they can hold up to get to the Super Bowl. But if they're healthy, my goodness, uh, that yeah. that's that's going to be – it'll be quite the level uh, jumping for the Cowboys to be like, hey, we want a playoff game, <laughs> to be like, oh, my God, these, these guys are so good. Like yeah. they're going from – basically uh rookie mode to all Madden in like a week and they got to be ready for that. And it's on the road as well. So you involved that's and all that going to be a fun game to watch though, because mm-hmm. with Bro- Brock Purdy, just being the right guy in the right situation, just make a few plays. Don't turn yeah, it over. Man. Uh, you're going to be an absolute legend with that defense and what they've got going on. And uh, let's move on to the fourth burning question, Nate. And you kind of mentioned this earlier. I, the question originally was Chris Jones, get his first career, playoff sack and it was gonna, it was kind of a d-line combo question because the other mm-hmm. one i was going to ask you and i'm making a point for anyone listening to this listen to the other shows yes i'm going to bring this up on all of the shows uh frank clark yes right now, fifth fifth all time yeah. in postseason sacks a question for you is i guess what's i don't say what's more likely i'm figuring this out on the mm-hmm. fly but i want to open up the discussion about george Karloftis and the rookie sack record r- rising up uh that <laughs> those charts along with Frank Clark rising up those charts and Chris Jones getting on those postseason sack charts. But for anybody listening for the first time, Frank Clark right now is fifth in NFL postseason history in sacks with 11. He is only five sacks behind Willie McGinnis for tying for the most sacks in NFL postseason history. That would take a hell of a run in the playoffs for anybody. And so don't know if that's realistic, but if he gets one sack against the Jags on Saturday, he'll tie Reggie White for fourth most all time. If he gets one and a half sacks, he'll tie for third most with Terrell Suggs. He needs three and a half to tie Bruce Smith mm-hmm. for second all time. Unbelievable company that we're talking about with Frank Clark. And I'm going to continue to talk about it, but I guess which of these who do you see moving up the ranks more with the amount of attention that we know Chris Jones is going to get the way that we've seen Frank Clark just come to live in the playoffs, especially the last five minutes of games. Again, that Super Bowl stretch, Frank Clark had a sack in the final four minutes of every playoff game. 
in route to the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, including yep. the Super Bowl win. And then George Karloftis moving up the rookie franchise record. Which of those do you see moving quicker, I guess? Here's, here's what I think would be the ideal scenario for the Chiefs for Saturday's game to disrupt Trevor Lawrence, who, again, has not lost on a Saturday. Uh, <laughs> you love that stat. I love that stat. I mean, it's high school, college, and pro. Um, but but here's what the Chiefs and what Chiefs fans should sort of set the standard, in my opinion. Um, Chris Jones should get about a sack and a half to two sacks. Um, I'm going to say the Jaguars have a better offensive line than the Raiders, but it's not as it's not as wide as you think it is. Um, he gets it out quick. We talked about it earlier. Trevor Lawrence, third fastest time to attempt of any quarterback in the league. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you do get pressure, he he gets rattled. He gets a little yeah. shook. And I, uh, and I, believe, I think we saw that. Yeah, and and I believe uh, you can look this up for me, I believe Chris Jones had a sack in the in the in the first matchup uh, earlier. Yeah, he had season. one. In, he had sack and a half. Sack and yeah. a half. Yeah, because he he split it with uh, Carlos Dunlap. That's correct. So um, I think Frank has a chance to get a sack uh, in this game. Like, I think success for him is setting the edge on Travis Etienne, which means you don't get tackles. I think sometimes fans get too enamored with the statistics versus, like, what are you actually doing to influence the play? So if they're going to run to your side of the football, Frank, and this has always been his case, has been very good at setting the edge, making sure the flow goes towards his inside hip, which allows Nick Bolton or Willie Gay or Leo Chanel to be involved in the play. Um, And so he can withstand – you know, getting two tackles, but having a bigger sort of impact on the team's performance from a rushing standpoint. And then something I think he's gotten better at this year is not losing rush lane integrity. It's one of the things that actually hurt them towards the end of the year, where I think you could argue maybe he was chasing sacks because he realized that, you know, the secondary wasn't super duper consistent or reliable. So that puts pressure on the defensive line where it's like, I got to get home. I got to make a play because, you know, we're giving up yardage, you know, behind me um, to where I don't feel like I have to be super duper sound. But if Frank is healthy, which, um, you know, as we said last week, you know, he had a, a, a minor groin injury in the season finale against the Raiders, but he's at two weeks off. He will be in uniform. Um, I think the standard for him is, hey, set the edge, get a sack, make a, make an impactful play. Um, he's actually been pretty good at getting tackles for losses towards the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. And then for Karloftis and Carlos Dunlap, I'm not requiring y'all to get a sack. But because of what BJ said earlier about his quick release being Trevor Lawrence, the Chiefs, BJ, lead the league or led the league in the regular season for batted balls at the line of scrimmage. If you know it's third and four and he's going to get the ball out quick, rush through your lanes and get at least one arm to maybe two hands up uh to sort of influence the pass or to disrupt the throwing window uh george Karloftis has been excellent at, at that really for much of the season and carlos dunlap leads the league in batted balls i believe he has eight uh in the regular season so if you continue to do that that's a negative play that's an incompletion the offense does not move yeah. um which means that hey maybe that third and four becomes fourth and four and now you know trevor lawrence feels the pressure to obviously get this first down because obviously they know the Chiefs offense is capable of scoring 30 points, even with, you know, some uh, high risk, you know, low reward moments on their side uh, of the equation. I just think that this is really Chris's chance to sort of have that memorable postseason performance outside of the Super Bowl victory in yeah. the fourth quarter against the 49ers where he had three, three pass breakups where he got his hands up because guess what? Jimmy Garoppolo was like, I need to get the ball out quick to George Kittle or to, you know, or Debo Samuel and Chris Jones obviously influenced that result. Um, But I think this is a chance for him to get a sack or two for Frank to get a sack. And then for Carlos Dunlap and George Carlos to just do their roles, do their job. And sometimes that means setting the edge, getting your hands up, making sure that those easy completions to the perimeter um, are not as easy as they were last week against the Chargers. 
this is a game that if Trevor Lawrence isn't spot on and we talk about like affecting the throwing windows, make him hitch a little bit and throw not necessarily in rhythm quite as much where if he's throwing to Christian Kirk and he throws it off his back shoulder on a slant or an over route and he's not able to hit him in stride to where he keeps his momentum going, he gets tackled. It has cost him 10 or 15 yards with how good those guys are with yards after the catch years yep. ago. when I was at bleach report. I was trying to write an article and it was, it was a bad one, uh, but I was trying to liken quarterback's accuracy with yards after the catch as a statistic and mm. I, we've seen it with skylar thompson tyler hunley some of these quarterbacks throwing those swing passes to running backs yep. if you don't hit them in stride it's a two-yard gain at best or a yep. loss of yardage i don't think even like josh allen joe burrow patrick mahomes like they're so good at hitting those guys in stride where they can catch and run and yes. not reach back spin around or throw off their back hip like you yep. hit them in stride Trevor Lawrence absolutely is going to have to hit these guys in strikes. If they're not picking up a ton of yards after the catch, I just don't think they're going to be able to methodically move the ball down the field as aggressive as Steve Spagnuolo is and all of that. But uh, right after this next quick break, we're going to get Nate's thoughts on Doug Peterson and what he might try and pull off in this game and what we've seen from Doug in the past and some of his comments uh, over the past week. Getting ready for the matchup against the Chiefs. Doug knows what he is in for, and then we'll get Nate's prediction for the game on Saturday. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com entertain educate inform kc sports network uh welcome back to kcsn update i'm bj kissel joined by the athletics nate taylor we have gotten four of our five burning questions with nate down nate last one before we get your prediction talked about a little bit earlier the first time these teams met doug peterson goes with the onside kick get steals an extra possession you talked when doug peterson spoke the media talked about needing extra possessions, doing everything they can. You can't just go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs, and he knows that. So what kind of shenanigans, what kind of fake punts, (laughs) onside kicks? You you mentioned it earlier, the the number of fourth-down package plays that Steve Spagnuolo is going to need on the call sheet. It's probably a lot more than he's used to of getting ready, uh, knowing the Jags can't just go possession for possession with this team. Let it go, let it go, Doug. Let it all go. There is, <laughs> there's no tomorrow, Doug. There's no Sunday without Saturday. Let it all go. Um, man, I I really would go for it on every fourth down if it's not fourth and twelve. You know, in the first quarter in your own territory, I really would. Yeah. Um, I love the idea that like obviously Doug Peterson is known most for the Philly special, which is hey a misdirection play that is built off of like obviously his time with Andy Reid them really scouring the earth to find, hey, this high school team did it. We can do it too. Um, hey, it's structurally sound. Uh, it's easy on the quarterback and the, you know, in the, in the skill position players. Is there going to be a double pass involved in this game or a pass oh, from yeah. a skill position p- player? You can probably, probably tell the guys, hey, fellas, <laughs> if Travis Etienne has the ball on a – "Quote unquote zone read," <laughs> he might pass it. Um, this is going to be fun because the, the Chiefs have three rookie cornerbacks. That is just that is a situation that they have put themselves in. Now, Trent McDuffie is the most talented. He's been so good. Uh, I think the last step for him is to you know catch the balls that are interceptable, um, yeah. which is something he has still you know struggled with over the latter half of the season. Um, 
But I wonder if Doug Peterson will try to manipulate the eyes of Trent McDuffie or Joshua Williams or Jalen Watson, depending on who's on the field, to say, hey, we've shown you this formation and this play in your, mm-hmm. all your film study. And you know, you know what Christian Kirk going to do. Mm-hmm. He going to run a slant or he going to run an end or something. And then he's going to break off of it and run either a double move or there's going to be some element of surprise that, you know, you just can't anticipate. So this was really where it comes down to knowing the down, the distance, and the situation of where you are in the game and what the scoreboard is trying to inform you, right? Um, if the Jaguars are down four in the third quarter, they're not punting. Or I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe that they would punt. I, I just don't think no. it would happen. Or hey, if this is third down, if it's third and four, be in the mindset that, hey, they might want to try something twice, which means, hey, if it doesn't work on this play, we're going to go right. to something else on fourth down. Um, this is really going to test the mental acuity of these rookies in the secondary. And obviously, you know, Justin Reed, who's been one of the best safeties over the second half of the season. And Juan Thornhill, who's now gotten back on track over the last few weeks, getting some interceptions, him mm-hmm. being really well and showing that range in coverage. The last point I'll make, BJ, you got to tackle. Yeah, you gotta tackle because sometimes he's gonna do some razzle dazzle nonsense, and it's gonna put you in a one on one matchup. And this is where the Chiefs are so excellent in the red zone. They do all these funky, you know, unorthodox, you know, you know, hilarious stuff, and it's all to just get you to just be this, just this much out of leverage or this much out of position, so that hey, now that one on one becomes a little bit easier because our guy has the ball. And he has a lane to the end zone or the lane to the first down marker. Um, Justin Reed, really good at tackling. Juan Thornhill. Hey, you wanna you wanna make a name for yourself? You wanna improve that stock as a free agent? Be really good ranging and then also come down and make the tackle. Um yeah. help out these cornerbacks as best you can because you just know, you you just know, BJ. Like they should do it, they honestly should do it on the first drive. I really believe they should be like. Let's inform them on opening drive. This is how the game going to go. Hey, first and 10, we're going to run the ball, and then everything after that is fireworks. I think it'd be opening kickoff. It'll be like one of those reverse passes, or they might fake it, and like the guy comes around. Like There's yes. going to be there's gonna be something uh, knowing. Play like, play like there's no tomorrow, because like there's there's really the, – the Jaguars have Sound so Sound like Jimmy McGinty. Yes. The, the, the Jaguars have <laughs> Like there's so no tomorrow. Much. The, the Jaguars have so much to benefit from this game, both, both in the moment and moving towards next season. Uh, because this is, hey, yeah. you want to be, you want to know what it's like to play a championship caliber of football? You're going to see it on Saturday. And why not make the game really, really weird? And just, again, Doug, you've been, if you've been saving that play and you didn't show it in the Chargers game, then you, <laughs> why are you going to wait around eight months for training camp to reinstall it in your playbook? Just show it now, see if it, See if it rattles the Chiefs' defense. See if it gets them um, to sort of overcommit to certain things. But yeah, I just, I just love from a defensive standpoint. It's going to be so much mental as much as it is physical because I think Doug Peterson is going to force that type of action on on their side from an offensive standpoint. Yeah, and I don't think you're going to need to spend a lot of time making sure the Chiefs' DBs um, are locked in for this game. I, I agree with you. I think whether it's Justin Reed and Juan Thornhill obviously coming up from the safety position and tackling for all the reasons that I've mentioned throughout this show as far as the yards after the catch or what mm-hmm. worry me for guys like Christian Kirk. But going back to the first matchup, Christian Kirk had two touchdowns and over 100 yards, and several of those plays were on Legereus Sneed. They're on the Chiefs' best cornerback, or arguably the best cornerback, along with Trent McDuffie. And so, as much as I want those guys to get their hands on the ball and knock them down, I want their focus to be tackle it, stay right on their hip and tackle them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you give up a, a couple of plays, but you tackle them right away and you make them run a few, two, three, four extra plays on that drive, you give yourself a chance for Trevor Lawrence to do something stupid, to try to get some pressure, get him off his first read, and then don't take for granted the fact that Trevor Lawrence is a great athlete. And yeah. then if he gets out and runs, you can't do that either. So a lot of the two man, those kinds of things where you have safeties back, you can have right. more protection on the back end to rally and tackle and kind of do that shell defense where you just don't let them get the big play kind of, um, and squeeze him in there to come up and tackle yep. is going to be Juan Thornhill. And we've given him so much credit uh, throughout his career for his instincts and his ability to get his hands on the ball. But to your point, this is one of those games where from a tackling standpoint, the safeties tackle. Well, I don't think the don't Jags win. are going to, yeah, they're gonna yeah, they're gonna they're win. If the Chiefs don't turn it over offensively, and the safeties tackle well. They're going to win this game. Yeah, and and it's uh, 
it's just it's just really cool to know that like this is why coaching matters. You know, I was I was a bit critical of the Jaguars in the offseason for giving Christian Kurt eighteen million dollars a year, yeah. but they've developed Christian Kurt into being a reliable guy that you trust on third down in come from behind situations. I mean, he was. I mean, honestly, he was excellent when they played the Cowboys earlier this year, and he was really good in the second half. Zay Jones, you know, was a was an okay player. He was an average player with the Raiders. He's better now. That 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 extends to coaching, and obviously, the biggest example of that being like, hey, Trevor, you've thrown four interceptions, and you're still going to play well. We're still going to find ways for you to play well in a very adverse situation. So, um, it's a really good coaching staff, and Doug Peterson deserves a lot of credit. And now it's about, you know, getting the guys to believe. And I think really early on, hey, I know it's Arrowhead. I know we we didn't really play our best, even though, like, you know, we represented some problems for the Chiefs. But we didn't play our best last time we were here. In order to spark belief, in order to ignite true emotion towards, you know, playing your best for your teammate, I think it's upon the coaching staff to sort of say, hey, this is the best stuff we have and we're not wasting any time. Like, let's just go – Let's just go out there and see if we can if we can go toe to toe if we can level the playing field in some extent from a coaching schematic standpoint or just the element of surprise that yeah. you know the playoffs present to you. You know the reason why playoff games are so fascinating is because now the element of surprise is here. You've had eighteen weeks to see what we can do, yeah, and we're so good. We're going to give you even more stuff to to well, think about uh, in the in the moment. We're going to mark this timestamp to make sure that we keep this receipt. What kind of if you project, give us a little guesstimate. The Jags going to run a, a trick play. What is it? Is it going to be a non-quarterback throwing a pass? Is it going to be a double pass, flea flicker, or a combination mm, of both? I love a flea flicker. Because mm. because what because what you would tell you know it, it depends on if you're in zone coverage. Obviously, if these if the cornerbacks are looking into the backfield, right? I do sort of love a flea flicker now. That will test Juan Thornhill most mm-hmm. likely in that situation. Um, I'm, I'm. Can I hedge and say I love, I love flea flicker just above somebody else is going to attempt to pass for the Jaguars, not named Trevor Lawrence at some point in the game. Okay, so we'll say over under one and a half trick plays. Yes, and we're defining trick plays as double pass, double reverse, not just a single like a mm-hmm. jet sweep kind of deal, but like a double reverse mm-hmm. uh and somebody else throwing the ball one and a half you taking the over under um I'm, if i'm if i'm if i'm a quality <laughs> control coach for the jacksonville jaguars we spamming the hell out of this thing yeah like let's get weird let's, let's get, get weird. let's get let's get let's get super weird let, let, like coach i think we need to run one a quarter i'm not joking <laughs> like we need to <laughs> run a trick play per every quarter. other drive you get eight drives so like yeah, you're saying yeah. four 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 trick plays Hey, if you if you convert on fourth down, obviously that gets you a new set of downs. Like you said, it takes time off the clock. Maybe it sort of shrinks the possessions for the Chiefs as well. Yeah, man. I mean, I would be so like if I was in the Jacksonville Jaguars facility, I would be so happy because you know what's coming, and that should spark true innovation, true outside the box thinking, and it should really motivate you to be like, look. No one is expecting us to win. We do not have the better quarterback. We don't have the better coach. But you know what we yeah. can do? We get to call the plays. We get to dictate how the defense is influenced. And sometimes that is to your advantage, even when you're, you know, supposedly the weaker team. Like, um, we're going to tell our guys on defense, hey, we know we're in for a long day. In order to help y'all, we're going to try to go for it on fourth down so that you're not on the field for 60 snaps. What if we can limit their snaps to about 55? You know, just it allowed like the playoffs give you a week to really think about matchups and obviously the 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 counter punches you can present. And I just think for Doug, because he has a track record of it, like this is why you're really good at this, man. Like, you know, you did this to Tom Brady with Nick Foles. Like you should just be like, I, I honestly would just be banging on the table or the desk or whatever. You know, I would be in the coach's office just being like, coach, one a quarter. We beat, like, you already showed you can do this with Tom Brady running RPOs with Nick Foles. Like, there's just, it's there for the taking. Don't, don't, uh, don't be willing, like, don't, don't overthink this. Just 
be bold. Be bold because that's what is going to be required to, to be Patrick Mahomes because you don't have Tom Brady. You do not have Joe Burrow. Um, this is only Trevor Lawrence's second playoff game. Like, let's let's be bold, man. And if we lose, we lose. But we didn't lose going out like some punks. Yeah. On a completely related note, I was just looking up the stats. Uh, Jags punter Logan Cook never incompleted a pass in his career. He's three for three. Somebody get that to Dave Tobe pronto. It's been three years since he's attempted a pass. Uh, but he was two Somebody, for two back in 2019. Somebody get it to Dave Tobe. Like I would, this is funny because like there's so much excitement if I think about it from the Jags standpoint. There's so much like headaches on the Chiefs side where it's like where our special teams has been the worst in the league. Honestly, guys, from an EPA standpoint, the Chiefs special teams has been the worst all season. And we got a bunch of rookies who have never played in a playoff game before. The amount of headaches, the amount of things you have to you have to like think about because yes, you know who Doug Peterson is, and you're going up against a team. You're like, they're gonna try some shit. All right, yeah. just just yeah. they're gonna try some stuff. Just make sure you're prepared for it, along with just you know keeping your emotions in check. Right. Uh, I'm not gonna name the player, but there was a a young receiver uh, for the Chiefs years ago <laughs> before a playoff game. I was on the sideline. I walked by and I was just like, "How's it going, man?" And he's like, "I'm so." Nervous, like I'm gonna throw up. He's <laughs> just running on the sideline, like get, it's like a half an hour before kick, forty five minutes before kick, and I was like, "You'll be all right." You forget that they're like twenty two year old kids. Sometimes yeah, they're human. They're human. That's, that's, <laughs> they're human that's, beings. Yeah, that's the beauty of it, man. They're human. We've all we all know what pressure feels like. It doesn't feel great at times, but um, but yeah, yeah. you you, could, you the chief. I, I I will say. Let me say this, BJ. I know the Chiefs are favored. I know the Chiefs are probably expected to win this game. I, I, I am yeah. going to predict momentarily that they will win the game. But also, I think Chiefs fans can't forget how young this team is. Yes, you have yeah. Chris Jones and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. They've been through it all. Guys, half the roster is so stinking young that in order to, you know, hey, settle in, Hey, we've been here before. We've done this. Yeah, we, we're good. That's right. We do have Patrick Mahomes. It would be nice if they had a 10-0 lead in the first quarter. Just, yeah. just to just be like, hey, not to get overconfident, but to just to remind the young guys, if you do your job, they're going to put points on the scoreboard, right? Like, hey, I know it's not sexy, Isaiah Pacheco, but if you get four yards of carry, it's going to lead to points consistently. Yeah. Um, same for Trick McDuffie. Like, hey – we're not asking you to get interceptions. We just ask you to be in coverage, do your yeah. responsibilities. If you got a tackle to be made, go and make the tackle or help somebody make the tackle. Um, you know, for George Karloftis, hey, it'd be cool if you got a postseason snap, if you got a postseason sack. That is not required for you today. What is required for you is to rush the lane correctly, not Trevor Lawrence get out of the pocket, not let him extend plays, get your hands up like we talked about earlier. Like yeah. it's all the simple stuff for the young guys to do so that the great players can do the great things. But yeah. if the Chiefs struggle early on, part of that is going to be, hey, they need to get this part of the experience because they just it's it's a lot of rookies or a lot of second year players who just haven't had to do this a ton at the highest level with a team that has nothing to lose. All right. Before we get Nate's prediction in this game, just a quick reminder to anybody who's listening or watching that might want to attend this game on Saturday. Thanks to our partners at Tickets for Less. They gave us a couple of tickets to the game on Saturday, along with a parking pass and two VIP tickets to the pregame tailgate at the Tickets for Less tailgate uh, that we are ra raffling off those two tickets. You can buy raffle tickets through the KC Sports Network Venmo. One raffle ticket is $10 or for $50, you get eight chances uh, to win these tickets. We're raffling them off Wednesday night. All of the money that we raise is going to the KCSN Foundation. Last year, we raised enough money to spend or to send more than a thousand meals to Kansas City's homeless through our partnership with Hope Faith Ministries in downtown Kansas City. So we're trying to do that again this year by raffling off a couple of playoff tickets if you want to see the Chiefs and Jags. You can check our social accounts um, or just uh, look us up on Venmo. That's how you send the money. It's all tax deductible. The foundation is a 501c3, so we'll take care of you there. Chance to win tickets, chance to go see the Chiefs, help your community in the process. Um, but, Nate, I want to know what you think is going to happen because the line, I just checked it since the time we started recording. It's still at eight and a half. The over-under, though, is 53 points now. Started at 51 and a half. Mm. Has gone up 
to 53. So um, high scoring affair uh, mm-hmm. is what's being predicted here. They probably uh, got the same news that we did that Doug Peterson is going to do everything he can uh, to put a few points on the board with some trick plays. But how do you see this one playing out, Nate? So the Chiefs lead the league in scoring 29.2 mm-hmm. points. I'm going to give them a little postseason bump. I'm going to say the Chiefs are going to score 31 points in this game. Now the trick becomes, where do I have the Jaguars? I have the Chiefs winning. Um, I want to give the Jaguars 24 to 26 points, somewhere in that range. Um, Now, part of that could be because Doug goes for two at some point in the game. You also have to consider that as well. So maybe they go for two and they don't succeed. Um, I think I'm leaning towards... Chiefs 31, Jaguars 26. It's not a usual score, but this is not a usual game for the Jaguars. So um, I'm informing you to bet the Jags <laughs> from a money line standpoint. But I do think the Chiefs will win, and I do think the Chiefs will score 31 because um, I think you have to have confidence having a week off, Andy Reid with the bye week. We haven't even yep. discussed that just because that's such a known fact. Uh, Patrick yeah. Mahomes getting a chance to sort of um, look at the Jaguars for two weeks, essentially, you know, um, yeah. the, the coaching staff knows like here are the odds and how it's broken out that, you know, we could play this team versus that team. Um, I wouldn't have told him last week to look at a ton of Miami Dolphins film. I would have told him to look at a lot of Jags and Chargers film teams. You had yeah. already played this season. So with that in mind, I think, I think the chiefs, I'm confident that the chiefs will, will score points. Um, it's just a matter of can the Jaguars keep pace. Yeah, I would personally, and I'm not the the best better in the world, but I would hammer that over because I think the Chiefs offense is going to roll. I think mm. they're going to put up at least 40 points. Uh, I'd Whoa. say either I'm saying either 38 Whoa. or 41. It really comes down to whether Butcher hits hits that second hey. field goal. And Ooh. the reason why Andy Reid off a of bye. Yep. This will be the first game that Kadarius Tony will have been with the team longer than three days that all of the offensive weapons are available, assuming mm-hmm. McCall Hardman is good to go. McCall Hardman right. did not play in this game the last time. And Correct. that whole stretch where we said the Chiefs offense really weren't doing well, you know, they were they were winning, but they weren't beating bad teams by as many points as we thought. I remember talking through those, and you and I talked about it a lot, that so much of Andy Reid's playbook wasn't available. Sky Moore running those jet sweeps and all of that pre-snap motion and some of those end around and getting the the defense to move horizontally didn't threaten a defense as much with Sky Moore as it does with McCole Hardman, as it does with Kadarius Toney. Talk about those guys inside the red zone. I just think this offense with the extra week, with everybody back and healthy, I think they're going to roll. They put up o- almost 500 yards of total offense last time they, they played the Jags. And I know the Jags are playing better. The Jags' strength is their defensive front. If the Chiefs can get the protection and give Mahomes time, the strength of the Jags' defense is not their secondary. That is the weak part of what they want to do. I think the Chiefs' offense, there's too much firepower there. And to your point, earlier about the trick plays and trying to keep up with the Chiefs. The Chiefs get a little bit of a lead. The Jaguars press. They're going to make some mistakes. They're going. Trevor Lawrence is going to give these guys an opportunity to make some plays. I just don't think he's quite ready for this moment yet uh, with some of the, the pressure numbers. And even watching the game against the, the, the Chargers, a lot of the impressive plays were more impressive again, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, Zay, Zay Jones. Uh, yep. I keep saying Zay Flowers. Uh, he's in the draft. <laughs> Zay Jones. Um, <laughs> getting ready for this one but uh final thoughts nate before we let all these good people get back to uh working and the things they need to be doing throughout the day in my opinion this is the moment this is the moment everything's been built for chris jones to have uh, a career year he is in the midst of it i know it's 15 and a half sacks in a 17 game season from a 16 game season back in 2018 but he is a much better player uh now than he was in 2018 and and look this is um Patrick Mahomes is obviously the best quarterback. He's going to win the MVP award. Travis Kelsey is a Hall of Famer. He has already been certified in terms of his iconic legacy in the league. This is for Chris Jones. Like, I want to keep that in the forefront of Chief fans' minds. This is this is the time for Chris Jones to put his name on the ring of honor. I mean, you could already argue that it's already there, but the whole defense is centered around him. He needs to be their best player on defense. And they are two games away from the Super Bowl. It sounds so easy to say, and it's so close in front of them. But in order to get there, Chris Jones is going to have to continue to have the season he's had already, which means he'll have to have a better 
you you know sort of dominance in the postseason that he has shown previously. So yeah, um, if he plays well on Saturday, I have a lot more confidence in this team going into the AFC Championship. If he plays well and they win. yeah, all right. That's all we've got for this episode of KCS and Update presented by our friends at DraftKings. Appreciate everybody for hanging out. Please hit that like and subscribe and follow us on your favorite podcasting platform and uh, leave a review if you got an extra few minutes and you feel passionately one way or another. We appreciate the positive ones, but let us know if you think there's something that we should be doing better. We know it's a lot of great places to get Chiefs content. We appreciate KCSN being one of those stops for you. And special thanks to Nate Taylor. Catch his work at The Athletic, uh, keeping Chiefs fans up to date, informed, and kind of knowing what's going on behind the scenes uh, as one of uh, a lot, several great people who cover the Chiefs. Chiefs fans are very lucky uh, in that way as well. So appreciate everybody for hanging out. We'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.